The next five episodes, I'm going to talk about the value of hard work, and I want to challenge you to do hard work, and I'm going to do that by talking about five athletes. I think that there's so much that can be learned from sports and that the success principles that you can learn from athletes can be applied to business, entrepreneurship, and success in school. Now, there's some fallacies or false beliefs about hard work that I want to take head on right now. So some people say that just because you work hard doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. Now, that's true, right? You don't get you don't get rewarded just because you worked hard. So if you're going to take a test, the teacher is not going to say, how many hours did you put in and give you a grade on how many hours that you put. There are many people that have businesses. They work really hard and their businesses fail. So hard work does not necessarily translate into success. A lot of times it can, but it's not always going to translate into success. Now, the worst thing that somebody can take from that is, well, if working hard is not going to guarantee my success, then I'm just not going to work hard. Well, don't think that because if you're not going to work hard, you can almost ensure that you're not going to be successful. Now, of course, just like anything, there's always exceptions to the rule. There are some people that get lucky. There's some people that invested in Bitcoin or something really early on and they didn't work hard, but they just got lucky or they worked at a company and they got an early stock offering and maybe didn't work really hard in the company, but they got through luck of the draw. They made a lot of money. So there's always exceptions to the rule. And don't look for the exceptions as an excuse for you to say, well, hard work doesn't always translate to success, so I'm not going to work hard. So you don't want to buy into that. Another thing that you hear about hard work is people will say, work smarter, don't work harder. Well, what you don't want to take from that statement, and these are just sayings, right? Just You don't want to make these sayings just truth for you and, and just see you know one side and not the other. So when you hear work smarter, not harder, some people are like, great, I'll just take my foot off the gas. Uh, I don't want to work harder. I want to, I want to be lazy. I want to work easier. I want to work smarter. Well, the real value in that saying is not don't work hard, right? The, the value in that saying is you want to improve, you want to find better ways, easier way to do things. And easier doesn't mean that you're still not going to put in hard work. Once you find that better way or smarter way, and if you apply hard work, you're going to get even further than if you just did hard work without strategy, without skills. And like I've talked about, I will be creating an online study course, live events, etc., to teach you better ways on how you can study techniques that can save you time. It can literally cut the amount of time that you spend studying in half, but there's still no substitute for hard work. If you want to succeed in school and ensure getting straight A's, if that's what you want, or a grade point average higher than 3.5 or 3.7, whatever, there's no substitute for hard work. And everybody's looking for the easy way out. Everybody's looking for a shortcut. There's nothing wrong with looking for a shortcut but you don't want to shortcut hard work. So the series that I'm doing on athletes is there's examples of athletes where you look at them and you just think these people are talented, they're gifted, and that's why they are successful. And I want to share with you what really made these people successful. It's not because they, they were born with, with gifted talents. It's because of their strong work ethic. And you need to believe that 
a strong work ethic can take you so many places than if you didn't have it. And I want you to be able to relate to these athletes and not just think that it just comes naturally to people. You have to see that you, you have to work for it. And so that's why I want to talk about these athletes. So before I start talking about the athletes, I just want to start with some fundamentals here. Number one is there was a quote that I want to give some interpretation to. I looked really hard on the internet to try to find somebody that's explaining the meaning of, of the, the quote that I'm going to be giving you. And all I found were people just quoting it without an explanation. Nobody was really connecting the dots. So I want to connect the dots for you. This is a quote by Stephen King. Stephen King is uh, an author. I believe he's written about 62 books. His books have sold about 400 to 500 uh, million uh, dollars worth of, of books. I think he sold 320 million copies. His net worth is like 400 to 500 million. Um, really famous guy, super wealthy. Uh, maybe you've heard about him, maybe you haven't, but do Wikipedia and, and check him out. But this is what he says. And I'm going to go back. So I'm going to kind of just read through it and then I'll go back and I'll give you my, my interpretation. He says, talent is a dreadfully cheap commodity, cheaper than table salt. What separates the talented individual from the successful one is a lot of hard work and study, a constant process of owning. Talent is a dull knife. Discipline and constant work are the whetstones upon which the dull knife of talent is owned until it becomes sharp enough, hopefully, to cut through even the toughest meat and gristle. Unquote. So let's break that down. The way most websites take that entire paragraph is they basically say that talent is cheaper than table salt. What does that mean? So my interpretation, and I don't have anything to cross check, but the, the interpretation and meaning that I give to that to say that talent is cheaper than table salt. Well, at first glance, that just doesn't seem to make any sense. Table salt is very inexpensive. You go to the store, it's probably one of the least expensive items at the, at the store. And table salt is very common. You, you go to restaurants, they don't charge you for the table salt. But somebody, somebody had to buy that table salt. It costs them money at some point. It's certainly not free to the person at the restaurant or if you're going to go to the store and you want to bring it home, it's going to cost you something. Well, talent is what everybody envies. We see people that are that we think are super talented and we admire them and we're in awe of talented people, whether they're, they're talented sports athletes or talented singers or actresses or people who are talented academically and they have high IQs. People are so uh, obsessed with, oh, this person has such a high IQ and that we should just all be in awe of these types of, of people. So given that talent is something that people admire and wish they had, how can talent be cheaper than table salt? Well, because the idea of talent is it's something that you're born with. You didn't have to earn it. It's just given to you. It costs you nothing. It's free. Now, table salt assuming you're not a patron in a, in a restaurant where you just get to use it for free, is it's going to cost 
you money. It may not cost you that much money. It's not, it's not expensive, but the point is it costs something and talent costs nothing. It's just given to you. And what they're trying to emphasize here is that talent, there's a book called Talent is Never Enough. And there's another book that's called Talent is Overrated by Jeff Colvin. And the idea of all of the articles I could find online where people are saying that talent is cheaper than table salt, they're just trying to give the idea that talent is not enough. You have to combine talent and hard work to make things happen. I've also read somebody say that, look, we all have talents, but they're all different talents and that we're all created equal, but through hard work, we can become unequal because we can become you know, more skilled than somebody else because of the hard work that we're putting in. So when we go back to what he's saying, you know, what separates a talented individual from the successful one is a lot of hard work and study. So what they're saying is that you can be a talented person and still not be successful because if the talented person is not putting in hard work and study, that is what's going to keep them separated from somebody that's successful. So they're equating success with hard work and study. They're not equating success with talent because they say we all have talent. Stephen King says that hard work is a constant process of honing. Now, honing simply means sharpening, like you're sharpening a blade. And he says that talent is a dull knife. Now, if you've ever had a dull knife, like let's just say a butter knife, is that considered a knife? Well, the butter knife is to spread butter. It's not sharp. You're not going to cut yourself with it. Try using a butter knife to cut a steak or anything. It's like, good luck. It, it's just, it's not going to do the job. And Stephen King is equating talent with a dull knife. It's like, you don't want a dull knife. You want to get a sharp knife. And so in order to turn talent into success, you have to sharpen that talent. And the only way to sharpen that talent is with what he says is discipline and constant work. He says discipline and constant work, constant work meaning consistent work every single day are the whetstones upon which the dull knife of talent is owned, honed or sharpened. What's a whetstone? A whetstone is just something that you take a knife on and you rub it against it until it gets sharp. This reminded me of a quote that Abraham Lincoln said. He said, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four hours sharpening the ax, unquote. What would you rather have if you're going to chop down a tree? Would you want a dull ax or do you want a sharp ax? If you have a sharp ax, you're going to cut that tree down faster than if you have a, a dull ax. You could be the strongest lumberjack in the world, but with a dull ax, you're just not going to cut that tree down as fast as somebody with a sharp ax. So the, your talent is that dull knife, according to Stephen King, and your job is to sharpen it. Sharpen what you were given with hard work. Let me give you an example for myself. So I struggled with school. I was not a good student. I was in the slow reading group. Nobody expected anything of me, but it wasn't until the ninth grade that I went crazy studying. I was studying easily eight, 10, 11 hours a day. Now that might seem extreme, but there are people that work eight hours a day. They go to a job 
40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. So for me to put in eight hours of study, yeah, it was hard. But like I said, there are people that are working eight hours a day. Now, granted, I'm going to school from what, eight o'clock to two o'clock. So that's six hours. So I'm putting in more time than um, than somebody that, that that's working. But to me, going to school, that was just the minimum. I knew that if I wanted to excel at school, I wasn't going to excel by with the time that I'm in school. I'm going to excel outside of school. So for me to put in all those hours, I knew that's what it was going to take for me to succeed because I didn't know what I was doing. And I did not have a sharp brain. I did not consider myself smart. When I first sat down at the beginning of any semester, my head would hurt because I'm taking in all this information. I had a girl in class say the same thing. She's like, I don't like studying because it makes my head hurt. And I'm like, exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. But the more that I started studying, my brain just started getting sharper. I started to remember things better. I started getting this memory that I didn't have before. I was starting to get reading comprehension. I never did like that term, reading comprehension, because I didn't know what the heck they were talking about. What does that mean? Well, reading comprehension, now, is my understanding today is, if I read something, I understand what I'm reading on a deep level. I'm not just reading words. I am able to take something that I'm reading and I understand it on a very deep level and I can start connecting dots and concepts and I'll, and I'll remember things. And so this process of just sitting down for so many hours, I was able to work out my brain like a muscle and my brain developed in a way that it's never developed in my entire life because I don't think I've ever had more discipline in my whole life than when I was 14 and 15 years old. That's when I tried the hardest because I didn't think I was going to be able to succeed. And out of fear of failure, I just gave everything that I had seven days a week. That's all I did was basketball and school. And I was obsessed with it. And I truly believe 100% that I was able to develop my brain in a way that I never would have been able to develop. And and I'm grateful for those, for those years. More than getting A's or being successful in school, what I gave myself was a gift. I got my brain to develop to a certain point that it otherwise wouldn't be able to. Well, there's new research that's out that we call, it's called brain neuroplasticity. That's a very fancy word for basically saying what I'm telling you, that the brain is like a muscle. If you want your muscle to grow, you have to work it. You have to take your muscle to failure, and then you go recover, and your your muscle starts to build up and starts to get bigger and starts to get stronger. Well, your brain is a lot, like, a lot like a muscle. As you challenge it, as I'm giving my brain all this information and reading and, and being frustrated and, and going through the challenges, and I, I think I, 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 well, I didn't think, I said it prior episodes, when I was in the ninth grade, I got so frustrated with algebra because I couldn't understand it and I was at home and I threw the book against the wall and I was so frustrated, but I was growing. I was frustrated because I was challenging myself because my brain didn't have the ability to understand these things and I kept challenging myself and challenging myself until I got it. And through practice and repetition, I was able to get A's in algebra, A's in geometry, A's in trigonometry because I took myself from not knowing to knowing through hard work. So the neuroplasticity of the brain is your brain can rewire itself, just like a house. If a house you know, needs to rewire the electricity, um, the electrical wires in the house, or you have to repipe the house because your pipes aren't working right for plumbing, your brain can rewire itself. It can make itself stronger, better, faster. 
it can make connections that it didn't have before. And what, what I started to have is I started to develop like a photographic memory where I could now see pages in my mind. I could see words in my mind. I was retaining things like it was incredible. I would hear numbers and I would start to remember the numbers. And it wasn't because I had this talent and I had some high IQ or that I was smart. It's nothing could be further from the truth because I didn't have that ability. I developed that ability. The phrase neuroplasticity didn't even exist when I was in school. As far as I know, this is a relatively new concept, but that's what was happening. My brain was rewiring itself. It was growing. It was getting stronger. I was making connections that it otherwise couldn't make. And so now I had like these superhuman abilities and I became happier. It's like I was just triggering on a faster, on a faster level. And, you know, I was just started to become a happier person because my brain is just like, I don't know, like a Ferrari. It's, it was revved up. It was prime. It was ready to go. Whereas before my brain was really sluggish and I couldn't make connections. And I, I would read a sentence one time, two times, three times. I didn't even know what I was reading. And it was really frustrating, but I forced my brain to grow. I forced it to failure and that brain would adapt and it would grow and grow and grow. And I could never understand people when they'd say, oh, my my mind would just blank out when I'm taking a test or you know, I'm forgetting things. I, it's like, I, I couldn't relate to that anymore because my brain was just operating on another level. And so you're, you can do the same with your brain, but you have to work hard. It was those long hours. It was the frustrations. It was the constant battle of just sitting down and having that discipline. That's what developed my brain. There were no shortcuts to it. If you want to develop your brain, you want to make it, you want to make it sharper. You want to take that dull knife that you have for a brain. You have to put in the time. I said in another podcast, you sit down at the same time every single day, not when you want to, but the same time. For me, it was 2.45, no matter what, and I immediately started reading. I didn't procrastinate. I didn't think about it. It didn't matter if my head hurt. It didn't matter if I was tired, hungry, unfocused. I would force myself to get focused because I would just sit there for hours and hours and hours and I would get my work done. And by doing that, just like somebody at a gym, unbeknownst to me, my brain was getting stronger, faster, sharper, and creating connections that just did not exist in my brain. Did I know that was happening? Not at all. I was just focused on I needed to get these grades. But now that I know about neuroplasticity, that's what was happening in my brain. So there's no shortcuts to making that happen. I know that there are people out there with speed reading courses and all this stuff about how to improve your memory and there might be tricks and that's all great. You know, speed reading doesn't work for me. I like to read very slowly and there might be some tricks that I hear about creating memory palaces or whatever so you can remember things. That's great, any kind of tricks, but there's no substitute for the hard work. There's no substitute for your brain um, to, to be challenged. No more than going to the gym. There's some better ways to work out. You want your 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 form to be proper. You want to know, like, am I doing the right reps? Am I doing the right amount of weight? Am I doing too little weight? Am I doing too much weight? So it's good to have these techniques and have information so that you make the best of your workout. And the same thing with studying and the same thing with, with, with your brain. There's some tricks that you can employ, but there's no substitute for hard work at the gym. And there's no substitute for hard work in studying. So don't listen to phrases of work smarter, not harder. That's true, but it's not an excuse not to work hard or that hard work 
doesn't guarantee results. Of course, it doesn't guarantee results. But without the hard work, the chances of you getting those results, good luck. All right. So I'm going to stop now because uh, some other podcasts went an hour and I want to keep them short. But that's the introduction for the first of uh, the next five athletes that I want to profile. And I'm only going to do one episode per athlete because I want I want it to sink in. I want you to go watch specific videos that I might point out or learn about this person. And I don't want to just throw them into one episode. I really want you to think about it. And I want you to apply what you learn from these people to your life. So that is the challenge. Is study successful people. Tony Robbins says, don't reinvent the wheel. If you want to be successful, study success. Success leaves patterns. When I was a kid, Pac-Man, I was great at it because I was just following a pattern. I didn't have to think. I just followed the pattern. So successful people follow patterns. There are patterns to success. We're going to model what these successful athletes and people have done, and you can apply that to your life, and you can be successful as well. But it's going to start with hard work. Most people don't want to work hard. They're Everybody's looking for the easy way out which is great for you because if you're willing to do what other people are not willing to do, like hard work, then you're going to have an edge over those people. Those people might be more talented. They might have more resources. They might have more money, but you can beat them through your hard work because they're looking for the shortcuts in life. Take care, guys.